Hey, I'm Tyler. And I'm Katie. You're listening to Nostalgia, the podcast that's kind of like your favorite comedy from when you were like a preteen. It was really funny. You and your friends used to watch it over and over again at sleepovers. And then hopefully, when you watch it now, it's just as good. That's, Is it ever just as happens. good? <laughs> no. I have sometimes. I would argue that at least one of these movies is going to be just as good as I remember. Kate, I'm going to give you a choice board. Great. I love structured choice. Now, this is not preferred choice because I'd argue you don't want any of these choices. Yeah, that's true. At least I have control over Can you describe these? The three images you're seeing, the three men, the three giants. Three white males. (laughs) And they're all making goofy faces. First, we got Paul Rubens. Looking... In character. As Pee Wee Herman. We've got Weird Al Yankovic looking like Scooby-Doo. He's got a little... When he hears something, he goes... What? Yeah, it's kind of like a... <laughs> um, and then we have Jim Carrey with a very straight bowl cut. It's like very severe. And that's... Those are the three choices. Yeah, you're going to pick... You're asking me to pick between these three things? Whose movie? Pee Wee, Weird Al, or Jim Carrey? This would be my preferred choice board as a child. Yeah. I have to... I have to pick one of these. You have to pick one. We're going to watch a feature-length film starring whichever man you pick. Jim Carrey's out. I hate Jim Carrey. Okay, so we are not, listeners, you hear that? We are not, yet again, going to complete our trilogy of Jim Carrey's big year. That's okay. That's not happening today. Do I have to pick between Weird Al Al and Pee Wee? Oh, God, it's like Sophie's Choice. This is terrible. You've seen both of these men live in person. Sophie's Choice is like two good things, right? No, that's... Oh, my God. I hate you. <laughs> what if we watch Sophie's Choice instead? I honestly would pick Sophie's Choice oh, over sorry, both Kate. of these movies. Not on your um, choice board. All right, I'm going to pick Weird Al. Weird Al. Just because he sits weird. Okay, and Kate. he reminds me of you. Last night, do you remember while you were trying to sleep me clacking away on the keyboard? I, I do, and I remember being kind of mad about it. This was quite a rabbit hole. I'm very thrilled you picked Weird Al. Of course. Hang on. Course I, need a, I need a notebook. I need paper. A notebook? This is a first for this podcast. I need, I need a visual aid here. All right, Kate, I want to show you the poster for this film. It's called UHF. Could you describe this for our listeners? It's Weird Al looking normal, except he's got crazy big eyes. What's in his eyes? Uh, It's the test pattern for television. I know what that is, using my context clues. And that's it. And the tagline, a lot of TV stations have forgotten what quality means, but not Channel 62. They never knew what it meant. God, I hate movie taglines. Do you know what UHF stands for, Kate? Ultra high frequency. I guess we don't need this notebook. Why are you so shocked that I knew something? I'm not I shocked. I am the smart one in this <laughs> It's marriage. true. I'm upset. Uh, you could have said in this podcast and it would have been a little less hurtful, but um, I'm not shocked. I'm upset. Uh, so why, what? in what context is ultra high frequency? There's like regular frequency... There's high frequency, and then there's ultra high frequency. You're pretty much right. You left out And then you have an antenna, and there's like low frequency, and it picks up the different frequencies, and then it broadcasts them from the television station into your TV, and it takes the little bits like in Willy Wonka, and then it puts them on your TV. Your dad taught me that. He also told me that when you go to a different country, you give up your rights. That's true. He he says that a lot for someone who's never once traveled out of the... That's a lie. He went to Canada, but it was before they made you have a passport. And he did it via boat. We don't need to talk about my dad and his refusal to fly or travel out of the country today, Kate. I'm not asking you what UHF means to uh, denigrate you. It's because I knew it stood for ultra high frequency too, but I didn't really understand what that meant. And I felt like if I was going to explain this movie today, possibly, because it was the choice board, I I was clacking away a lot on the keyboard because I had to prepare all three movies notes but for this one in particular I'm like yeah but like 
Yes, Kate, your hand is up. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Am I going to have to eventually do all of these movies, or... Oh, yeah, yeah. The choice is an illusion. Oh, my God. Next time, it'll be a choice between Pee-wee and Jim Carrey. So offensive. Who, surprisingly, I don't think I've ever been in a movie together. All three of these guys should have collaborated. Anyway, Kate, do you remember the four fundamental forces of nature from physics class in high school? By the Earth, way... air, no. fire, water. <laughs> no. That's, that's Avatar the Last Airbender. Who a quark. We took um, physics together. I, we, I learned nothing. We, um, because gravity? I was, was I distracting you because I was too cute? Yeah. Totally. It was before we were a couple. It was your creepy long hair that really got me going. Did I have creepy long hair still? You definitely oh. did. All right. Um, okay, so here's to the four <laughs> fundamental All right, forces. Here we go. Um, gravity. Uh-huh. Heart. <laughs> um, stink lines. And sound. Gravity, correct? Yep. Wait. Weak nuclear interaction. What? It's like what happens like when you like pull, you know, like a particle apart or something. I don't know. Strong nuclear interaction in between them. So in order from least to greatest, least forceful to most, it's gravity, weak nuclear interaction. The one we're going to talk about today, electromagnetic force, and then strong nuclear interaction. How long is this intro going to be? Like, should people get a snack? Yes. Okay. Uh, pause and go get a snack now. Or just leave it running and go yeah, get a snack some now. Gushers, guys. And maybe we'll be watching UHF and laughing, hopefully. You know what I could really use right now what? and you have not provided me what? with? A fruit roll-up. Those taste like shit but they're so good. Kate, do not distract me. This episode is going to be long enough as it is. So, Kate, every atom consists, as we know, of, you know, subatomic particles, electrons, neutrons, and protons. And electrons have a negative charge, protons have a positive charge, and, you know, depending on the how many electrons versus how many protons you have, the particle that's made up of these atoms might have itself a positive or negative charge. That's an ion, a charged particle, when they're not just equal, right? I love the range on this f***ing podcast, you <laughs> Don't know? anyone ever pigeonhole us, right? Um, Come for rugrats, stay for subatomic particles. It's disturbing. And basically, part of the nature of these charged, the fact that particles can have a charge, is that they like there's a force between particles with either the same charge, if they have the same, you know this. I, I'm over-explaining, I know you know this, but I want to make it all clear so we truly understand what ultra-high frequency is. Yeah, some of our listeners are dummies, I heard. <laughs> you, they don't even know about what a particle is. When, oh, you know, it's like when really you play good. with a magnet as a kid, it's like if you push two magnets the, the same side together, they repel each other because they have the same charge, and if they have opposite charge, they're... You know, you could put the magnet down and it'll like pull itself or it'll pull stuff to it. I feel like you were a kid who was really into I magnets. I loved playing with magnets. Loved it. I wish I, I had magnets right now. I feel like there's a connection right between magnets and, and ADHD. Undiagnosed ADHD. All you have to do to diagnose someone with ADHD, even if you don't have any any uh, qualifications, is just leave them in a room with some magnets. When there are particles with charges interacting with each other, that force creates radiation. Not always harmful, but it creates a radiation. There's like this stuff shoots out basically in all directions from the source of the charged particles interacting, right? And that's called electromagnetic radiation. And that radiation consists of two things, two fields. An electric field, that's the black line on this paper. Did you get a highlighter? Well, I need another color. Oh, you Poindexter. And you're really cursing a lot. I am. And for a Weird Al episode, a guy who never curses, a magnetic field. So that's electromagnetic radiation. It's basically made up of these waves. Depending on how it's made and what information ends up getting attached to it and things like that, the amount of charged particles and the level of their charge, these waves, right, could, or as I call them, squiggles, they could squiggle at different rates. Like you could have one. You got like a slow squiggle. Yeah, like barely yeah. squiggles at all, like that right? Where it's like basically over the same distance, it like just squiggles once or twice. Mm -hmm. 
Or you could have one that like squiggles constantly, right? That's called the frequency, right? You know, a higher sure. frequency yeah. wave has more squiggles, a lower frequency wave has less. And the way that we can either see or hear or feel or intercept and turn these waves into information varies based on the frequency of the waves. Yeah. The lowest frequency an electromagnetic wave can have is designated as extremely low frequency, ELF. There's like a bunch. There's extremely low, there's low, like you were saying earlier about the high ones. A single ELF wave, the one squiggle can be up to 100,000 kilometers long. It's like ridiculous and it makes it really hard to receive because you need a really big antenna. Basically, wow. if you're going to receive one of these electromagnetic waves, your antenna has to be able to create that same exact frequency. So you need a really big one to create a low frequency, which means it has like a long long wave. The only way we use these, by the way, is on like submarine communication. And because each individual squiggle can only carry so much information, having a low frequency like this means your wave can't carry much information very quickly. So basically all they could do is t send from above water one of these waves down and it basically would just say like up. Like it would just tell them to surface. They couldn't they couldn't say like, That's it. come really? up now. They, the wave is too long, so it can't carry a lot of info. And the reason they do that is because seawater is conductive and a higher frequency wave would get like messed up by the seawater, but this low one can kind of like sneak through, okay? These long ones also like can bend around mountains and stuff, it's pretty cool. On the other extreme end, this is a spectrum of frequency, the highest possible frequency waves that are very squiggly, right? Extremely short waves, uh, so high, high, high frequency, a lot of waves very quickly, these are gamma rays. And as you, I'm sure, are curious, Kate, why are they called gamma rays? Why aren't they, they called? Because they make the Hulk. Uh, I was curious too, obviously. Why aren't they just called like super, super high frequency, right? Because UHF, as you'll find, is actually quite low on the spectrum, even though it's called ultra high. Uh, long story short, in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, one of the frequencies that was discovered, they called it an X-ray because it was new and the X stood for unknown. You know, it was mm, like, like a yeah, variable. Like, and the ray stands for radiation. Who the hell knows what we're doing with that? Correct. Okay. Um, and then when, after X-ray, when they discovered another higher one, they're like, well, what do we call this? They skipped out of the they skipped out of the English alphabet and went straight to alpha rays and beta rays. So when they discover finally in like the early 20th century, these the highest one they've ever discovered yet, they called it a gamma ray, following with that naming convention. These are so high frequency. The waves are so squiggly. They can like pass right through your body. Like a low frequency wave will just bend around you. This is so wavy and wiggly. It just goes right into you. And it's so wavy. It like basically makes a conga line with the electrons. It'll like grab the electrons that it passes, which is not good because those electrons, if you remember high school chemistry. Yeah, they just rip you up. Those electrons are used, you know, in like a, a chemical process, you know, the charge of the particles matters. Yeah. Right? So if the suddenly the charge of those, because the electrons got like moved around by a gamma ray, these processes in your body, these chemical reactions will stop or go crazy or whatever. It's like you can get anemic, your body will stop making white blood cells, or your cell growth will become unregulated, you'll get cancer. So that's gamma rays. But in between these two extremes, ELF on the bottom, gamma rays on the top, there's like this whole huge spectrum of frequencies. And humans have figured out uses for all of them. So gamma rays, we figured out we can use those to actually fight cancer, ironically, because you could shoot them at cancerous cells as well and try to like fight fire with fire. X-rays below them, which we figured out we could use to see through stuff. Ultraviolet electromagnetic radiation. Sunlight has it naturally, but then we of course can harness it for like tanning booths or you have a grow light for your plants. Yeah. Which I'd like to point out are not marijuana. Anytime you say you have a grow light. They're just my baby plants. People assume that they're marijuana. It's not. They're just like really nice 
transplant. Then below that, there's visible light. Like if I didn't make it clear earlier, electromagnetic radiation creates visible light. We're looking at it at all times. That's one, one wavelength of it is visible light. And there's infrared light, which we use in night vision and like our TV remotes, right? They shoot this infrared light. You can't see it, but it can be sent and received and carry information. Below that is microwaves, which are kind of fun because the way their frequency works, they make the molecules. They don't like move the electrons out of them, but they make the electrons wiggle around in molecules of like food. So then the particles start spinning and rubbing up against each other and that creates heat. So that's how you heat food with microwaves. And then below that, the lowest section of the spectrum is radio waves with ELF at the bottom and VHF at the top, very high frequency. Ultra high frequency, what we're talking about today is actually the first step in microwaves, but it doesn't like heat you up. It's just, just above radio waves. And of yes, course we figured out with radio waves how to just transmit invisibly through the air information like sound, pictures, video uh, for TV and for radio, and then have it get received and then turned back into that sound. But then Kate, if we're gonna talk about radio waves, which we are, the trick with them is you attach your information, your sound or your picture or whatever, or both to a radio wave. You choose the frequency you're going to transmit. You know, you're using a device to do this, a transmitter. Sure. You send it out in the air. The antenna that's gonna receive it has to be set to the same frequency. The issue is there's only so many frequencies. So when people were first figuring this out, they realized pretty quickly a couple things could go wrong. One, a lot of senders might accidentally send out the same frequency and then a listener or receiver who's trying to get it would get like scrambled messages from all those same people sending out the same frequency, right? Or another problem is the receivers might just not even know what frequency to tune to, you know, because it's just like, it would be this big unregulated mess. So they're like, how would you even get without just tuning through a dial? How would you ever get your frequency right to hear anything on the radio or see anything on TV, right? So in the United States in particular, once people were really figuring out how they could send sound through the air using this new newly discovered radiation, radio waves, the U.S. government stepped in and said, hey, we got to head off all these problems. First, they called it the Federal Radio Commission when it was founded in 1927. Shortly after, it was renamed what we call it now, the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC. One of their rules that they were created to enact and enforce is that radio broadcast radio broadcasters all need to apply, get a license, and then you're given a frequency. So like NBC, the National Broadcast Company, you guys are going to broadcast at this specific frequency. It's measured in hertz, which is one complete squiggle per second and so on. That way you're not just getting scrambled signals everywhere because that's what would happen without a regulating body. The government though reserved like most of the frequencies for military use. So civilians really didn't have that many options. So it was like hard to get one of these frequencies. Radio took up a lot of them. And then as TV is getting invented in the thirties, forties and fifties, now TV is going to be on these frequencies as well. There just weren't that many. The government set it up so there were 13 frequencies they would give out in any local station. And then you had to go 60 miles before you could get with that same frequency because otherwise it'd be close enough to interfere, right? So basically TV only has 13 channels as it's invented because otherwise everything would be interference and stuff, right? It would right? be just absolutely wacky. Correct. And those 13, they go in ascending order, right, of the frequency, they go up. And then once you get past 13, you're no longer in very high frequency. You're high enough to be in ultra high ultra. frequency. However, TVs originally as created could only receive very high frequency. They only had the capability, their receivers to go to channel 13, basically. So the FCC, once they get to this UHF thing, channels 14 through 84, 83, they start giving the licenses, but most big networks don't want them for a couple reasons. One, they're probably already on VHF. They don't want to move their channel. Two, 
most TVs can't get them. So really you have to be a big TV fanatic to even, you'd have to go buy a separate thing to hook up to your TV to Got receive it. UHF. Mm -hmm. So UHF channels were like undesirable if you're a network making content, okay? Sure. If you're a broadcaster. So generally, this isn't always true, but generally in each local market, the people who owned and broadcast on UHF channels, it was weirder content. Maybe it was educational, could have been boring, could have been weird and obscure and quirky. Usually it was very local instead of a national broadcaster. So the UHF channels have this reputation throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, and so on of being just like, those are the weird local channels with like low quality productions, mainly just because why would you get one of those channels if you were a main network? You wouldn't. Sure. You'd stay on VHF channel one through 13. So Kate, what does this all have to do with Weird Al? Well, let's see how he intersects with this story. Thank you for going along on the journey. Now you know what UHF means. You did already, you knew it at the yeah. beginning. I should have deleted all the notes after you correctly uh, stated that. Weird Al's first album, Kate, came out in 1983. His second album in 84 features his song, Eat It, parody of Michael Jackson's Beat It. As you know, the song and album were very successful, opened up a lot of opportunities for old Weird Al. One of which was his 1985 TV special and videotape, The Complete Al. We watched that, do you remember? Yes. What'd you it think? It was wacky. Did you like it? Not really. I remember you being kind of bored. And yeah, I was a little bit bored. I sadly had to admit it was a little long in the tooth. But it was a mockumentary about his career. It had all his music videos up to that point in. So Weird Al and his manager, Jay Levy, after making that, they said, hey, like, this is good for us. It did pretty well. You're making your comedy, you know, albums. Why don't we pursue more video and TV and maybe a movie? So they started writing a movie in the mid-80s, thinking this will be another plate he can spin with his career. Maybe he'll just become a movie guy, you know, if it goes well. But around that time, unfortunately, Weird Al had a career slump. His fourth album, Polka Party, in 1986 was kind of a little bit of a failure for him. So then he went back to the Michael Jackson well with his next album. He called it Even Worse. This came out in 1988. He did Fat, his parody of Bad, which really has not aged well. It's a pretty bad fat shaming song. Yeah, that's really a bummer. And even the album's title, Even Worse, and the art on it are meant to directly evoke Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. So it feels a, a little desperate that he's like, okay, my big hit was Eat It. That's what put me on the map. This is what we're going to do. I failed with Polka Party. Yeah, let's do another Michael Jackson. And it like kind of worked. It didn't make him like a superstar. It didn't shoot him back up in popularity the way he hoped to. But, you know, it like kept him, kept his career afloat. So this is the time when him and his manager are trying to get their movie made. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was like a struggle. People weren't like... Three years earlier, anybody probably would have been like, yes, let's go. And now they had to kind of fight for it. But here was the concept. Ready? Weird Al's character will be the owner of a UHF TV station. Okay. Which would allow them to just basically make a bunch of short skits that are parodies of the TV shows that you'd see on a UHF station. Like weird, low budget, very silly. So he's just using this concept of a UHF station as a vehicle to make a bunch of little skits held together with a frame story of him owning the station. Make sense? Yeah. Do you think that was overkill? That we had to learn the entire frequencies to figure yeah, out why it's called UHF? It was His manager, Jay Levy, directed it. Weird Al and Jay Levy co-wrote it together. And Weird Al, of course, stars in it, along with another, uh, a lot of very recognizable people. Once we get started, I think you'll see. Uh, it premiered in theaters July 21st, 1989. As a side note, his sixth album, UHF, motion picture album and other stuff, came out a few days before the movie. It had all the songs he made for the movie, some skits from the movie, just the audio of them, and a few new album tracks. The movie bombed really hard, though. Did it? It did That's poorly. Shocking. Critics hated it. Uh, it didn't make much money. When Weird Al talks about this, I love Weird Al. I'm obviously a, a oh, diehard Weird like, Al fan. Is he like a little, a little grouchy boy? He, is he like, they didn't get it. Well, no, it's, it's not exactly. It's He's not that bad, but what he does is he blames the other movies that were out. Because 
in his defense, it was a really big summer for blockbuster movies. They all came out like around the same time as UHF. So it's like probably people weren't going to pick it over. Here's what came out that summer. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The Michael Keaton Batman, which was one of the biggest, most uh, hyped up movies of all time. Ghostbusters 2. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. When Harry Met Sally. All these like mega hits came out. So there's like kids movies that are going to be more way more successful than this if you're thinking of Weird Al's movie as kid-friendly. There's quirky comedies that are more successful. There's blockbusters that everyone's going to go see. You know, I love Weird Al, but I don't think it would have done well no matter when it came out. But uh, he, yeah, he kind of used to, at least. I don't know if he still says this, but when it came out on DVD, he would complain about this. He's a little, a little grouchy boy. A little grouchy. It, uh, it did become like a mini cult classic on VHS, but then it went out of print for like a decade. So me, as a young Weird Al fan, you know, I jumped on the Weird Al train in 1999 when Running With Scissors came out, that album. I couldn't get a copy of this. Like, I looked. The internet was not as big of a thing as it was. And even if it was, you couldn't stream stuff. That didn't come until 2005, really, uh, with YouTube. So I would look for this, and it would be like, you'd have to trade VHS tapes with someone on a message board if you wanted it. You know, it was hard to find. You know, I never found it at the local video store. So this was like this kind of, for me, this fabled thing. I had the album, the soundtrack album, but like, hey, I always wanted to see it. Anyway, the failure of this movie, coupled with the slump in his career in the mid-80s, it kind of led Weird Al to a mini-career crisis. Like, I think he was kind of hoping he would have this big film career after this and he just didn't his albums weren't doing well the movie didn't do well and he kind of like almost went away like most novelty musicians do but in 1992 in case you were worried kate he puts out his nirvana parody on his new album off the deep end and it revitalized his career proved that he's not just going to do michael jackson and so on UHF, however, came out on DVD finally in 2002 after being out of print for like a decade. It sold like weirdly well. It did like way better than anyone thought. It was like a top selling DVD and uh, Weird Al's career was in a better place in 2002. That's probably why. And that's when I finally saw it. My friends and I watched this movie dozens and dozens of times. It's a well-loved disc uh, in my collection. Absolutely loved it. It's been a hot minute though. I'm a little nervous. Have we ever watched this? I think you made me watch this on the tiny TV at my parents' house, the one that was like 10 inches. Guys, coming up later sometime this this year, um, we are going to watch Star Wars Episode Four, And when we do, you're going to hear all about that tiny, the tiny TV and TV. how awful it was. So, it's okay. just a great TV. It was the only TV that had like a DVD player. I know, but it was like... And privacy. The TV was like, I was going to say 13 inches. It wasn't. That was a standard TV size. This TV was 7 inches, I it think. It was so tiny. It was so small. It was basically the size of an iPad. And now. like... You guys had it. I mean, your parents had it. At, uh, it was across a room. It wasn't a very big room, but the fact that it was all the way across the room like a normal TV would be. Listen, it was you, so my mom could do her exercise DVDs. All right. You just could not see the thing. It was a, So you've seen it, but you really haven't seen it is what I'm going to say. You were <laughs> you were squinting across the room at this movie. Do you remember it at all? Is Hank Azaria in it? No. Who's in it then? Are you thinking of the birdcage? I don't know. Who's in it? Um, Michael Richards, Fran Drescher. That's who I was thinking. Michael Richards. Okay. I mix him up sometimes with okay. Hank Azaria. I mean, to be fair, from that distance, I could see why you could maybe mix them up. Well... Today we're going to watch it. I guess the only follow-up I have, I know this is a long intro, the longest intro ever. Weird Al. Hey, everybody needs to know about ultra-high frequencies. Weird Al, he didn't get a successful movie career, but he did have a TV show. We've watched that. Remember that? We did an episode on that. From our Airbnb while we were about to go to a Weird Al concert. The Weird Al Show, 1997. Oh, yeah. Not very memorable, huh? No. It wasn't very good. Uh, it was only one season. Very short-lived. And then, of course, he finally got to make his new movie, another movie, in 2022. Weird. The Al Yankovic story starring Daniel Radcliffe is him. Weird Al obviously wrote that, or co-wrote it. What'd you think of that? 
It was okay. You had a good time? It was a good distraction from election night. <laughs> we did watch it on uh, midterm election night, you're right. And it, it was nice that we didn't have to watch the uh, votes come in nervously. You ready to dig in? Yeah. That's how Weird Al would say it. That's your Weird Al impression? Yeah. You've been working on that? Have you been just staring into the distance, thinking about electromagnetic waves and practicing your Weird Al in your head? Hey, kids. Where do you want to go? That's right, to Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse. And boy, oh boy, are we going to have big fun today. We're going to have so much fun. We'll forget about how miserable we are and how much life sucks. And how we're all going to grow old and die someday. I want to go home. Shut up, you little weasel. Okay. Right now I'd like to show you one of my favorite cartoons. It's a sad, depressing story about a pathetic coyote who spends every waking moment of his life in the futile pursuit of a sadistic roadrunner who mocks him and laughs at him as he's repeatedly crushed and maimed. Hope you enjoy it! All right, so here we are. Is this a spoof of Indiana Jones? Well, sure. So Weird Al gets to make his movie, right? He's known as a spoof, you know, parody artist. So he's got to do some movie parodies. So I'm looking at these credits, and I see Kevin McCarthy. Not Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. And David Bowe is not to be confused with David Bowie. All right, I don't think it got picked up by the microphone, but I think I heard you give a sensible little chuckle to Weird Al using his whip to cut that guy's arm off. Yeah, that was okay. So sensible, even the microphone cannot detect it. Some of these names don't feel real. Billy Barty. Come on, that's a pretty good joke when the guy runs out of the temple and then he gets run over by a train. So what stage of Weird Al's life are we in right now? Like, is he married? Does he have a girlfriend? Does he have a baby? Like, where are we at? Uh, Weird Al kind of, I feel like, famously didn't date well. Like, he seemed like he was going to be single forever. So no, no marriage, no baby. That's all later. He was kind of a late, late bloomer, I think. He's all about the work right now. I mean, he's cranking out albums at a pretty rapid pace. And he's just socially awkward, I feel like. Is this the energy the whole movie's going to have? Because this just feels like a lot. Do you like the little car that he drives? I do like that little car. <laughs> oh, he's a miserable, worthless hunk of slime. Who's this, Roman Roy from Succession? Spoiler alert! Should I be worried about the portrayal of Asians here? It's not great. It's like a very thick Asian accent. And it doesn't seem like a laughing with moment. It's so weird watching this. Like, I know every word of this thing. Haven't seen it in a while. No comment on Weird Al's uh, meal here? No. The old Twinkie Wiener sandwich? I'm refusing to acknowledge his wacko behavior. <laughs> Trying to extinguish his behavior. And he's dipping it in milk, right? I feel like his character has like a psychotic break throughout the film. Yeah. He's really manic right now. And like, not for nothing, this portrayal of his girlfriend, Terry, is like pretty one-dimensional. Oh yeah. She's just his long-suffering partner here. Feels like this movie's just gonna be a long <laughs> string of non sequiturs. <laughs> I'm pre exhausted. Why is Weird Al trying to feed that dog punch? <laughs> I don't, know. I love I don't that. like him. I love that bit. This dog's acting is a lot better than Weird Al's, unfortunately. <laughs> that dog's refusing to drink the punch. Weird Al's uncle won the deed to this TV station in a poker game, and now Weird Al is going to take over the TV station. Mm -hmm. What a Nepo baby. I know what a Nepo baby is. Hey, hey, hey. So he seems to have, like, stumbled upon a meth lab of some kind. Some sort of science experiments going on. 
A lot of bubbling Erlenmeyer flasks. I don't know what's happening here. What was Fran Drescher doing at this time? You know what I mean? Like It's pre the nanny, by just a couple years. You know what she was doing, Kate? Being in UHF. That's Kevin McCarthy. Is it? He's an old head actor. He was like the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers guy. Are we talking about this Kevin McCarthy? This, or this Kevin McCarthy. The 15 votes Kevin McCarthy. This, he's an old head who is actually a body snatcher. <laughs> that guy in the middle is John Paragon. He's John B. the Genie in Pee Wee. What do you think of Michael Richards? Didn't he go on an anti-Semitic rant or something? It was racist. Ah. Do you think Weird Al just never really left his, like, teenage random phase that we all go through? Personally, I feel his songwriting is a lot more clever than his, his script writing here. All right, Billy Barty's kind of cute. Oh, Fran Drescher's killing it with these outfits. Do you like her? What is it? Yeah. A, like, houndstooth, crop top, <laughs> pencil skirt. I'm here for it. Outfit, it's wild. She does seem absolutely whacked. Do I know that man? That's Emo Phillips. That's the I guy who opened for Weird Al the last two times we saw him. You may remember his very slow and strange line delivery. <sighs> He's been doing it since then. What did they say? He's a local woodshop teacher? Local uh, high school woodshop teacher, yeah. So we're on like a public access, right. like town talk show. <laughs> yeah, that's probably just the right amount of Emo Phillips. Yeah, this is too much for me. So now we're watching like fake commercials for Spatula City. Ah. Oh. The amount of acting the horn is doing in this scene, the clown's horn, where it's like, is much, much better. What, than Weird Al's performance? performance. Ouch. Not a great actor. No. He's just so, everything he does is so big. He's got, it's just one note, one single note. And he's just like, really, really projecting from his throat, not his diaphragm. I feel like he really learned his lesson and cast Daniel Radcliffe instead, (laughs) you know? This is some hard-hitting journalism that, uh... Pamela Finkelstein. Pamela Finkelstein, a.k.a. Fran Drescher, is doing, you know? You ever seen the Beverly Hillbillies? No, but I like that grandmom's energy. Uh Oh, you're enjoying... You just lit up watching this three-second clip from the Beverly Hillbillies more than you have from any of the original content in this film. It's because that grandmom's got (laughs) mad energy, and I like it. Okay, Kate, a little context here. This song is a parody of a song called, uh, I think it's called Money for Nothing, I Want My MTV. And it had a music video with this style of early 3D animation. So he's doing a very accurate parody of the music video from the 80s for the song that you're about to hear a parody of. So here's my one Weird Al fact that I actually like, is that Weird Al's band has been with him forever and ever. You recognize these guys? So now we're just cutting to like a Weird Al parody song slash music video. Yep, just right in the middle of the movie. Why? What a whiny little punk Weird Al is in this movie. He was gifted a TV station by his rich uncle, and he's like, oh, surely this is not my fault for running it into the ground. Weird Al's mustache is really bad. It's like uneven. So they've turned the children's show over to Stanley Spadowski, played by the man. Michael Richards. Played by Michael Richards, who's giving like a pretty cringy portrayal of like a, a mentally challenged janitor like it's not it's not the best it hasn't aged well but the new show's a hit because he's like man that cartoon reminds me of a dream i had and then he just like talks a lot mm-hmm. but the kids seem to be having fun and the adults at the bar seem to be watching it ironically or unironically i can't tell do you think that george is paying stanley i didn't like the way that weird out Talked down to Stanley Spadowski just there. Yeah, no, it's he spoke not, to him like a like, like a, a child, four year old. Yeah. That wasn't great. No, it's it's not aged well. Well, Kate, if you thought the way that Michael Richards is portraying a 
man with a learning disability. Oh, no. Didn't age well. Here's Wheel of Fish. Okay. I mean, at least he's actually Asian. In theory, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Weird Al's neighbor, his martial artist neighbor. So he's playing, like, a caricature of an Asian man. Mm -hmm. It does make me think, like, how are, like, model minority racism against Asians... I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. Like, you look at this performance, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is, like, super-duper tokenizing. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the portrayal of, like, everyone and everything everywhere all at once. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we've come a long way. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is really cringy. Like, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you there. This game show, though, Wheel of Fish, does look like something that I would come up with yeah. while watching another reality show. Yes, watching game shows and reality shows with you is a wild ride because all you do, and this is not on a podcast, it's just in real life, is just come up with your own ideas. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I just come up with my own pitch for, you know, a Love is Blind style game show or a Love Island style reality show. All right, so now we've got people throwing a poodle out of their apartment. Tyler, this is just too much. This could have been, like, a skit. That's it. This whole movie could have been a skit. Did Weird Al think he was a good actor? I don't think so. Okay. I think he's self-aware. But why did he make it? Money? (laughs) It's just like this oatmeal-laden child around. This is just too much for me, Tyler. (laughs) Isn't this called love bombing Yeah, this is called love bombing. This is not safe, Terry. Get out of here. Weird Al has filled his ex-girlfriend's apartment with balloons and, you know, elaborate shows of affection that he never showed when they were together. Mm-hmm. Get out of there, girl. This is a movie that gets progressively worse. You don't like Conan the Librarian? No. I love when he chops that kid in half. There is a lot of screaming. So much screaming. Pretty much everybody just screams at Everyone each other. is screaming. It's It makes it's... Land Before Time look like a library. Because R.J. Fletcher, who is a real actor, Kevin McCarthy, not Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, he's just really yelling. Weird Al's yelling. Stanley Spadowski's yelling. You know it's a problem when Fran Drescher's the quietest one in your cast. What, what is happening here? The television engineer from Channel 62 just broke into Channel 8 and installed an illegal surveillance camera in R.J. Fletcher's office. What more do you need to know? All right, so now they're having a telethon to raise money to purchase the station. Fran Drescher's earrings are wild. What are they, crocheted? I can't tell. All right, so the station manager over at Channel 8 has abducted Stanley Spadowski because he's just raising too much money. Wow, even Gandhi 2's not getting a chuckle out of you. It's really not. Weird Al does seem like that weird kid in middle school who wasn't super athletic but could run really fast. And you're like, why is he running so fast? I don't like this. You don't like buff Weird Al? It looks like he looks like the thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's supposed to be like a Rambo parody. I I understand. But he's wearing like a latex suit, but it's completely orange. Right? (laughs) It's not a natural color. This choice board was rigged. Oh, no. The supplies surprise thing with, like, a bomb playing in the background. It's pretty bad, I can't. I can't defend it. The fact that part of the way they defeat the enemy of this is to use illegal surveillance and then do a pirate broadcast of it. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I think we should illegally surveil the rich. Huh. Terry, girl, go somewhere else. Go anywhere else. The only part of this movie that made me laugh is at the end after they get all the money and it like explodes in this crazy illegal firework display. I love seeing illegal fireworks that may maim or kill someone. That's really the only thing I like. Is this Weird Al's first kiss? I'm just wondering. Next week on U62. He's back. 
And this time, he's mad. Gandhi 2. No more Mr. Passive Resistance. He's out to kick some butt. Daddy. This is one bad mother you don't want to mess with. Don't move, slang boy. He's a one-man wrecking crew. But he also knows how to party. Give me a stick, medium rare. There is only one law. His law. Gandhi 2. Kate, you found the marble in the oatmeal. Whew. Man, that choice board was a lie. There's nothing that I'd want on there. What'd you think? Um, I don't think this is aged particularly well. With its portrayal of, like, the mentally handicapped Asians, Hispanic people, so... <laughs> I think you're right. I'm wondering... Let me play devil's advocate for a second, as I want to do. At the time, was this the best Weird Al could do? Because he surrounds himself with a man with dwarfism, a Jewish woman, Fran Drescher, a janitor with a learning disability, an Asian business owner. For 1989, do you think these... They were doing the very they, best you, that they could. Do you think that this was progressive in any way? No. I think any, anytime someone says, let me play devil's advocate... <laughs> It's not going to be a great take. Here's my other thoughts, other than it hasn't aged well, and perhaps they were doing the very best that they could, but I sincerely doubt it. Oh, and that Gandhi? That was brownface. Oh, 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 no, it was brownface? That was the director of the movie, Jay Levy. Oh, Jay. That was, that was oh, no, Kate. that takes it to a whole other level. Don't do brownface. Let's, let's just all come out and say brownface and blackface, it's not good. And if historically maybe a show that you like has done it and they take that episode down, that's the right thing to do. <laughs> Anybody comes at me with that take of like, oh, I can't believe they took that episode of The Office down, I'm going to beat you up. Okay, Kate, so give In, me some praise for this movie. Do you have any, can you find one nice thing to say about it? And then I want to hear all the rest of you. How many groups. minutes was it? I don't know, 90? It could have been 91. And it was only 90, so that's a piece of praise. Damn, um, ice cold. Here are my other thoughts. Literally everyone is screaming. There's not a lot of range here, right? And, like, I think sometimes what makes acting good, right? Something that, you know, really helps is, like, if there's range in terms of vocal range, yeah, sure. emotional range. As there's not a, a lot of range here. As a kid, I never realized how bad of an actor Weird Al is. Yes. Like, he's really bad. Yes. I love Weird Al. Weird Al, I'm sure you're listening. I love you. <laughs> You're not a great actor at all in this. He's um, not great in the uh, in the new weird movie. Either. No, he plays the owner of the record label. Yeah, I didn't really like. Um, yeah, I didn't really like any of it. What What are your thoughts? Um, Do you I, have thoughts? I laughed still at the sketches. I okay. did like all of the the sketches. So I, I think... like Wheel of Fish. I like uh, Raul throwing poodles out the window. I love. Town Talk. I was laughing. I actually, I did like Town Talk as a send-up of Donahue. The, like, and, like crazy Geraldo. version of yeah. Town Talk with the, the like, Klansman getting yeah. his head crushed by a chair and the little girl biting that. Uh, so we kind of liked that. Um, you, you didn't laugh too hard. No, I think it could have been, like, a 15-minute series of sketches. Yeah, if you just been isolate enough. all the sketches. Yeah. Did you think that the sketches were better than the narrative portions of the film? I think so. Even though you didn't think the sketches were that I didn't were like that them good. that much anyway. 
God, I just, I mean, I watched this movie, Kate, I'm not kidding, dozens of times as a wow. child. Like, I have the line deliveries etched into my memory when I was rewatching it, and it, I was more than a bit disappointed in just how bad the performances are. Really not the performances, because Fran Drescher's pretty good. Fran Drescher's all right. Now, nah, most of the performances are pretty bad. R.J. Fletcher and George Newman, played by Weird Al, are just like, just... Lots of screaming. All right, so yeah, just let's let's go heat up some leftover pizza, which will be the highlight of this. Oh man, sorry, day Kate. for me. This is though a perfect final thought, a perfect encapsulation of this podcast's, uh, I think, thesis, and maybe what we've proven to ourselves at least. You had to have seen this when you were twelve to like it. Like, I don't think anybody. Right in if you saw this first as an adult. I, don't, I, I really don't see how anybody could have seen this as an adult for the first time and loved it the way that I loved this. And my friends and I loved it when we were 12 and watching the DVD. That's all. Unfortunately, it just doesn't. All right, guys, tune in next week. We're not watching the next Choice Board ne- next week. No, we'll I need spread, a break. We're going to spread those out. I need a break. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Guns don't kill people. I do. Channel 62 has the lowest ratings in the history of television. What they need is a new station manager. No, not him. Forget it. No way. A man of action. Ah! A man of courage. A man of vision. What's your name? Billy. Billy what? What they get is a man so desperate, he'll put anyone on the air. Hey, Stanley. Yeah, George. How would you like your own TV show? Okay. You get the drink from the fire hose! Okay, you ready? Yeah! Open wide! He's Conan, the librarian. Today, we're teaching poodles how to fly. We beat up the networks. George Newman, he starts where the others stop. We're the number one station in town. Orion Pictures presents Weird Al Yankovic in UHF, the movie.